You're listening to the world's smartest podcast network. When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. Sacramento. Some say the news is fake. Others say it's real. These two don't have the time to check. Instead, Turner Sparks and Michael Ira Kaplan turn to comics stationed around the globe to be their eyewitness reporters so that you can know what's really going on. This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America, episode 305. We are back from vacation. (laughs) Summertime is over for us, at least. Uh, uh, My name is Turner Sparks. I'm Mikhail Kaplinsky. Yes, he is. You can find out. You can find me at Turner Sparks on Instagram. My comedy album, Double Happiness, came out on vinyl record yesterday. Wow. Go to turnersparks.com or uh, turnersparks.com. You can get it there or you can get it on my Instagram channel with uh, whatever. Follow the link in the bio. Uh, Kaplan, you can find Kaplan on all social media platforms at Cap in America or if you want to buy real estate. In Bakhmut, you can hit him up at <laughs> Cap in NYC. You can get people real estate anywhere in the world, right? Anywhere in the world. I got a lot of places in Bakhmut. It's blowing up. Yeah. The, 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 hey, the easy. That's... Oh, I, I didn't mean that. It's too soon. <laughs> yes, I meant it's a it's a hot spot. It's a hot neighborhood. So it's coming. It's a fixer upper, but they're on it, they're on their way. It hasn't back. been gentrified yet. You want to live in a place that hasn't been gentrified. I know. so it's a, it's a great area. So yeah, do you think that's a big in... concern right now in uh in Ukraine? What's that? Gentrification. I'm sure that's one of the top concerns. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll get into that this episode. I didn't know what that word meant until I moved to New York City. Mm. Yeah, I don't know if it's a big I don't know if it's a big concern in Pennsylvania. Kaplan. No, no, I think no. it's literally just maybe San Francisco, and New York City. We're off topic on the yes. show today. We're talking to our good friend Oleg Denisov, who's uh, currently in Germany, living in Germany. But we're talking about, listen, Kevin, what happens is when we, we, this is the first time in our career we've decided to go on vacation from this. We're the hardest working men in podcasting. That's what we've been called. Seven like, years. While the, the second we go on vacation, uh, there's a coup attempt in Russia. Two there's days a, into vacation. <laughs> a submarine sinks in the middle of the ocean looking for the Titanic. Oh, yeah. There's things happening all over the world. There's story ideas. Uh, everywhere. Listen, we, you don't think we've struggled this past seven years trying to come up with stories? You think we really wanted to talk about the new prime minister of England who was going to be prime minister for one more week? And we all knew it, but we just didn't have a topic that week. So we had to do something. Look behind the curtain that much. We don't care. We want stuff like coups in Russia. And then they happen when we go on vacation. So anyway, I'm sitting there in my vacation, just rooting for the coup to last longer. So it's still relevant when we get back. So I was on a cruise ship. There's no Internet. I'm asking the. The first mate, I'm going, hey, what's going on with the crew? And nobody is less interested in international affairs than the people who go on an American cruise ship. <laughs> These oh, people, my God. They don't even know. Are you saying to people at the buffet line, hey, there's a cruise in, there's a coup in Russia. What's going on? And they say, what, what's Russia? What's yeah, that? they go, Russia? What? You mean <laughs> the, that thing in Rocky Four? <laughs> yeah, They've never heard much. of Russia. This, yeah, I was on this carnival cruise. These people, it's if you want to go to other countries, but you don't want to leave America. Yeah, Brits. Yeah, that's the way you get. And and let's just say it like it is. You don't want to buy two seats on an airplane. No, it's the fattest people. I don't know how they let you on. You don't meet the you didn't meet the the minimum weight. I don't think. (laughs) Well, and then they do this thing where you check in check in your luggage and they weigh your luggage. And I'm going, you're all allowed 50 pounds. I'm looking around going, yeah, but what about the size of the human body? Yeah, I should get more. People weigh three times the size of me. Anyway, so point is, I was stuck on a cruise. I was on a cruise. You were uh, in Europe. And then all of a sudden, this thing happens. Mm. Um, We're going to talk to Oleg all about that. Our our, our favorite Russian comedian now living in Germany with a comedy club in Germany, in Berlin. going, And he's going soon to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, so we're going to have him promote his shows. But before that, Kaplan, if you want to support this show, the way to do it is, first of all, listen to us. And, but that, you know, then that's that makes us feel nice. That doesn't pay the bills. The way you help us pay the bills, patreon.com slash lost in America. Uh, we put out new episodes every single week. We've taken three weeks off, as we said. But yeah. before that and now going forward, we put out new episodes every week of uh, Lost in Our Bunker, which is me and Kaplan doing a full throttle comedy podcast. This show you're listening to now is all about the world. This is not a funny podcast. That show. show's all about us. 
Yes. You want to know more about us? You want to know what happened on the cruise I went on? That's how you subscribe. $5 a month gets you that. Uh, plus, we do a off-the-record show every month where we have one of our Lost in America guests come on, and it's live. It is not recorded. It's on Zoom. So any of you, you get uh, jump into that Zoom. You can ask the guest, guest questions directly. We had Anton Tamashenko in Ukraine last month before him. We had Mohammed Magdi talking about how he escaped Egypt during the Arab Spring. New interesting guests every week. They're talking, saying stuff they would never say on the air because they know it's not being recorded. Uh, all right. Now, Kaplan, what do you know about this coup? We'll keep it short because I think most of our yeah. audience knows a lot about the coup. Yeah, we our audience wasn't on a cruise ship. They were watching the news. But yeah. I, my understanding is, is that uh, there's this group of mercenaries, the, the Wagner group or the Wagner group. We don't. That's my first question. Figuring out what the, how to pronounce. Hey, you them. don't want to offend them by pronouncing. You don't want to offend the mercenaries. They're very sensitive these days. And they've been they've been doing Putin's dirty work for years and all around the world. By a mercenary. <laughs> That's That's 2023 for you. <laughs> yeah. What's the representation like in this mercenary group? <laughs> anyway, uh, so they uh, I guess the defense minister of Russia tried to rein him in a little bit. He wanted to have these guys under his control. And they just said, screw that. We're we're run. You know, and they just like took over two cities. They were marching towards Moscow. That's where I that's where I got into this. OK, they were, like marching towards Moscow. There was going to be a big fight in the streets of Moscow. I was very excited for it. And then apparently a deal was reached, brokered by our friend uh, Lukashenko in, in Belarus. Mm. And uh, somehow Your the friend, leader, not mine. <laughs> you know, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Yevgeny, the leader of the Wagner group, he ends up in Belarus. Oleg, and, uh, just off air. I'm going to pull the curtain I, back I, even more. Yeah, he, he did tell us. five minutes. Kaplan walking you. I have no short term memory. I did a lot of nitrous in, 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 in balloons when I was younger. I don't remember things that happened five minutes ago. So he did walk us through it. You have Jenny Prigoz. <laughs> there you go. You have Jenny Prigozin is the lead. All right. I'm going to take over. He's the leader of the, the, the Wagner group. And uh, he used to be Putin's caterer. I don't know if you knew that. I knew he, he was started part of the his career that, as a caterer. That's how you want to get into the industry. You don't need an intern. That's like an internship. You he was a high end Moscow caterer at, you know, he was doing weddings, bar mitzvahs, yeah. <laughs> birthday, little hot this. dogs. He had the best little hot dogs he in had Moscow. The best mini hot dogs. And, and Putin said, you're a pretty good caterer. <laughs> but, the, but what <laughs> I want to do, he said that my Russian military, they're not aggressive enough. No. So I want to start a dark military that is not sanctioned by international law. You know, we yeah. have these. We have Blackwater and this kind of yeah. stuff. And, America. you know, Russia's famous for following international law to begin with, Putin. <laughs> he was a yeah. And so he said, I don't want to do that. And so I want this. You start a group, a caterer. You're you seem like a good <laughs> caterer. Why don't you start a group? And the caterer said, sounds great. Yeah, it's actually why I got this catering gig. I've been trying. He's like, when you write a screenplay and you're trying to get it to people, he's like, it's a foot in the door. <laughs> it's a foot in the door. He's got a mercenary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so he said, sounds great. And so Putin said, all right, it's 2014 right now. Why don't you go on down to uh, Crimea and take them over? And the guy says, sounds good. And so that's how they started. And then now what you never suspect, you know, there's two things you never suspect. You never su suspect a Spanish Inquisition and you never suspect your caterer to turn coat on you and try to take over your country. So no, the caterer now, fast forward nine years, he tries to take over Russia. Let's welcome in our great friend, uh, Oleg Denisov. Fantastic comedian. We'll be soon. Let's start out by promoting your dates and, uh, and I mean, your show and your dates and everything in um, in Scotland, in Edinburgh. Oleg, welcome to the show. How do we do? But let's promote the dates first. Yeah. Uh, hey, Trevor. Hey, Cap. How are you doing? Hope Good. Yeah. Right. Uh, you're welcome back from holiday. Uh, you also just came from holiday. Yes, you did. Uh, but um, uh, yeah, about the, about the shows. Yeah. Let, I mean, let's do this because I'm, I'm going to be running three shows in Edinburgh this uh, month, like the, this next month in August. And so I'm going to be running uh, uh, my kind of new show, solo show, which is called All, All About Philosophy in 100 Jokes, because I used to, I graduated with philosophy degree and I did a little bit of researching before switching to a much more respected profession which is a comedian so all about philosophy and a hundred jokes can i tell you why this will sell well this, has this show already sold out yeah but there's there's yeah, no tickets like, available I, I, no, I did, no no not, not on the not on the edinburgh fringe but like oh, i okay. did uh, a, a festival in finland for example it was sold yes. out there and just kind of previews were kind of getting really good crowds 
I knew it. Okay, Cap, here's why. Because when you tell people it's going to be 100 jokes, they know when it's going to end. Oh, they count. They go, listen, even if I don't like it, there's only 97 left. <laughs> 97 more jokes left. You know what I mean? A number. Some of these comedians, they drag on for hours and hours and hours. They go three, four. Uh, Dave Chappelle does like nine hour shows. In yeah. the first two hours, you're going, Dave Chappelle's my favorite comedian on earth. By hour seven, <laughs> you're like, you know what? I don't think I like him very much. We should have gone to that hundred jokes. <laughs> hundred jokes. Is it, Um, can I, maybe I'll bring my dad because my dad was a philosophy major. Famously, he, his, his father said to him, you can't be a philosophy major. You're not going to make any money become, and became a doctor instead. He should have become a comedian. But uh, yeah, is, is it going to be the type of humor that philosophy people will Oh, yeah, actually, I have a lot of uh, people who majored in philosophy who come to oh, the show and they're nice. kind of really happy. So, yeah. Dr. Yeah. Bob, we're going. Yeah. And apart <laughs> from honor that, Sigmund Freud, you're like, hey, it's a mother and a son. And you're like, hey, you two fucking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I usually start with just saying that, you know, if you read, if you're welcome to the show and if you read the small print, like, because uh, uh, it's actually 100 jokes across the entire festival. And so <laughs> we only have time for one. Nice. <laughs> nice. Oh, even better. <laughs> so then you only got to do a couple. These crowds yeah. like to get in and out. You know. Yeah. yeah. They say, um, say they saw you. Yeah, but so apart from the, the philosophy one, I'm doing two compilations. The one that the same as I did last year is uh, Europe's most wanted. It's like a European comedians uh, and comedians kind of traveling through uh, Europe, like kind of in general, kind of this um, this concept. So like a showcase show. You'll have yeah, like, like five a showcase. Yeah, I have four people, different people every night, and yeah, it sold out in the last fringe. It was really good. Amazing. And then I'm going to be doing a, a late night gong show, which is, uh, yeah, like 11.30 late at night. kind of. Now, wild. is this like the gong show, the American TV show? Or what, what is it? Yeah, yeah. like in Britain, they also have those. So they understand the concept. And so it's going to be like the only gong show in, in Edinburgh this year. So it's the hopefully only it's going, to be, going to be fun. And so is that, um, first of all, I think my wife should go over and run the gong show. It's more of an Asian <laughs> thing. I believe to have a gong, but uh, what is, is it if the, if the jokes aren't funny, they get gonged off the stage. Yeah. Well, there are several concepts. Like sometimes like it, it's kind of, uh, yeah, you get gong off the stage anyway, uh, but uh, it kind of, who's doing the judgment. That's kind of how the, the show is different. Cause sometimes it's the audience does that. Cause for the raise a flag, cause the, you kind of do, uh, choose like judges in the audience. And then oh, wow. it's like, if they raise the flags, you know, comedian has to go or it can be like a, a, a comedian judge, like, you know, somebody like famous or something like this doing that. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to like across the month, we're just going to try which which concept works best. Um, this is like the Apollo. Do you know the uh, cap? Do you, are you familiar with uh, the what was the show called Late Night at the Apollo, the old yes. TV show, it's the Apollo Theater in Harlem? And they would have it was a variety show. It was sort of like um America's got talent or Britain's got talent or whatever these I'm sure they have a Russia's got talent or something, but it was like that. So it was like variety, except for it was way more intense. The audience, instead of having like celebrity judges who hit X's like Simon Cow being like, no, 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 wrong. <laughs> they would just have uh, people in the audience booing. They would just stand yeah. up and start booing if they didn't like you. <laughs> and then if the boos got loud enough, the Sandman came out and he swept you off the stage. You had a broom and he would start sweeping you at your feet. <laughs> So, so you had to run off stage. That's oh, this like, is great. That's a very unfiltered thing. concept of that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they would do that this day and age. People would. Can... So, all right, great. Everybody, go see all those shows. Uh, I love how that we have comedians on who really are successful at the Edinburgh Fringe because that's probably one percent of comedians are actually <laughs> successful at this festival. But you, Ollie Horn, only the best is, are who we get on. <laughs> how we how do we do in our recap of the Wagner Group? And their takeover of the country, their attempted takeover. Well, I mean, you nearly managed the name of the guy. So, yes, <laughs> yes you did well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, no, but like, yeah, I mean, more or less, more or less, yes. But uh, especially like now we have a lot more information uh, because, uh, uh, you know, like af after this event, like which was really a significant event, like and a very sure. unexpected event. Uh, like there, like a lot of sort of new research came up you know, from the independent sources as well about how it all started, about Prigozhin, about everybody, about the Wagner Group. So now there is even more that we can actually actually, actually reveal about it. Um, so did you? I want to start here. We'll get into the the history of the group and all that stuff in a minute. But just baseline, when it was happening, yeah, we were having conversations in America saying, well. 
we, you know, in America, we, we don't like Putin, but is this guy worse than Putin? And kind of no one really had the answer. And I was talking to people who probably should know. And even those people were mm-hmm. like, we don't know. We don't know if this is this going to be worse. And the question was, should we be arming Putin now? <laughs> should we be protecting Putin <laughs> what could go wrong with that against yeah. this guy? So as a as a Russian, what were you all thinking in the moment? This is good. Yeah. This is bad or what? No, I mean, I'm going to be honest, like some people were thinking, oh, you know, like, will he actually overthrow Putin? The other were thinking, oh, will Putin actually crush him? And I was thinking, oh, like, when will Turner actually call me to discuss that? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, your, phone, your hand was on the phone. Wait, yeah, 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 yeah. You're yeah. like, but, oh, God, um, turning my phone off. This goddamn Turner's going to be bugging me. On a cruise. <laughs> Yeah, but I think I think like especially especially if we're talking about like Russians uh, who, who who live in the country and like uh, uh, the most important emotion was that you know everybody was kind of agitated and excited like regardless like people didn't even think like I mean it was like not many people actually thought that he would overthrow the regime because firstly it wasn't even his he never declared this as a goal so he was kind of. Uh, more kind of like a show of force and kind of, you know, negotiating his political position and, you know, whatever. So uh, the the thing is like, but everybody was agitated and excited and the people he met like in, t- in towns that he kind of took over uh, and it kind of showed a very important thing uh, that, you know, people are actually very, very tired of whatever the current situation, whatever they perceive it to be. Even, you know, some of these people support the war, some of these people are against the war, but they're all tired of the bureaucracy that runs Russia now. So any sort of excitement uh, like there was no hostility towards it. Yeah, he, they were, right. People were kind Fresh of taking face. pictures, you know, and, you know, it's, it's it was so. Because he was coming into towns and sort of taking over the towns seemingly very easily. Yeah, yeah, very easily. Without without conflict, right? People were just welcoming him. Yeah, come on. I mean, he took over. They they did it very professionally. They took over the, you know, like surrounded the the armed forces, the the kind of the, the headquarters of the armed forces, the FSB. Like everything, and then the officers came out and they said, oh, "What the fuck are you doing, guys?" Like, and they're like, "Just, just sit quiet. There's much more of us than there are of you." Yeah, so you're now everybody's just like, yeah. yeah sort of. So yeah, yeah. so we're they just kind of so. set it like everybody just set it out, and you know, I I also think that, I, mean, I never heard this version f- from somebody, but I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one thinking like that. But I have this version. Uh, that in Russia, like everybody's so, uh, I mean, including the people in the military and special special services, they're all kind of, uh, they always have this idea that, oh, if something's happening, then it's probably sanctioned by, maybe it was sanctioned by Putin, like uh, uh, above our heads and stuff. It's all being it's, orchestrated. Yeah, 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 were people yeah, yeah, saying yeah. that here that it's like a false flag? No, I mean, so like I don't really support. think it's that. Yeah. Like, I mean, like it's a hundred percent. It's not that. But the, but the people who are like in this, you know, FSB in the military who in this towns they were taken over. I'm pretty sure they didn't, you know, start a fight. Mostly because of that, because they were thinking, well, this is happening. This is happening quite in a quite an organized way. Like, mm-hmm. like because everything's been sanctioned by Putin for the last twenty five years. They're like, I mean, we're pretty sure that's sanctioned as well. You know, it's just another <laughs> kind of, you know, they're, they're trying. They're trying to. They send couldn't some wrap sort their of heads message. around yeah. the idea that it was. Yeah, yeah. Not, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's definitely part of it. But uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, is this the first major event that's been out of Putin's control in the last twenty five years? Would you say? I mean, it was like an, I know, a, internal event. Russian event. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, I think pretty much since the start of the war, everything was out of Putin's control. Yeah, but right. inside but in Russia, like a challenge Russia. to his mm-hmm. to his rule. But to his yeah, that's that's def- that. Now it looks like that. Now they're trying to they're trying to kind of post factum, you know, the propaganda. They try to uh, kind of send out this picture that it wasn't kind of so it wasn't as important, it wasn't as significant and it was just like a may, like a little blip that Putin kind of managed effectively but uh, uh, but the you know, that week that didn't seem like that at all and yeah, so it was probably the first um, kind of major uh, case of, of like insubordination like this, yeah. And so you never, did your mind because I guess the original question was was this seen as if if he would have taken over, if the Wagner group would have taken over Russia, would Russia be more dangerous towards Ukraine or less or you don't know? Or is it something that you'd never considered because you're like, it's never going to happen? Well, I mean, 
the thing is like because like the timeline of what happened was was this right so uh because as you said like the ministry of defense ordered that the, all the private war companies they're like uh, uh they have to become part of the russian army on july the first and so it was like a week before that so it was kind of already deadline approaching and then obviously if that happened and so that was sanctioned by putin obviously that order and if that happened Prigozhin would have like nothing literally he would have no like I mean like he would uh, consider probably him himself in physical danger after this because if he loses his if he loses his private army if he loses this kind of you know people who are loyal to him and he has so many enemies and he would be physically eliminated probably you know like soon after that so it's kind of that was that the, like most experts in in Russia and like you know like uh, in the immigration and stuff they see it as like a very you know overall quite a successful gamble because like they think oh why did he do that and then you realize that the other option was even worse for him not to do that was even worse Wait, can you go through the why again? Because maybe I didn't read that part. What no, but, but the, the thing is, like, basically, like, he's made a lot of enemies based on this position of, you know, like, Putin's favorites with his own private army. Gershon's made enemies. Vakar okay, is basically his enemy. private army, right? right. And and then they just, they saying, literally, we're taking your army, like, you, you, you hand it over to us. Like, that's Putin what happened. That. I mean, so, the Minister of Defense said, but, but yeah. it's, like, it was sanctioned by Putin. So he would have nothing. And then, you know, it's, uh, he would it's rather be like in Belarus with like 2000 of these people than without any people at all. Something like Do we this. know so, why the Ministry of Defense did that or why Putin did that? Was there? No, I mean, uh, the, the, that was the, the that was the, the struggle that was it, it's been going on for years, you know, about uh, the struggle between the Ministry of Defense uh, and uh, Prigozhin. It was going some suggest since the African business that they did. Because uh, they had a lot, a lot of conflicts, but it was undecided until that time whose side Putin will take. Because Putin prefers not to take anybody's side and then just kind of wait everything out. Triangulates. Yeah, and then apparently he took the side of the Ministry of Defense for some reason. So they kind of, you know, they they made it kind of they made some arguments to him, I guess. So uh, and then Prigozhin decided to do this. So that's kind of yeah. So Putin decided to eliminate this force to kind of assimilate it with the rest of the Russian army. And that was the reaction on that. So so he um, was kind of, Prigozhin was backed into a corner. He had no yeah, choice. Yeah, exactly. He said, I'm yeah. going to go out in a blaze of glory, basically. And <laughs> what is the view of, like, how do, view, how do people view Prigozhin within, the, within Russia? Well, is, uh, is he... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I mean, it's a lot of people, because like a lot of people in Russia now with the no independent media and stuff, you know, like everybody's, uh, uh, you know, if, if all the channels of information say one thing, you know, people would kind of naturally try, naturally kind of tend to believe that. I mean, you've been to China, you know how it works. So <laughs> uh, in general, no the, the, the opinion on Prigozhin, it's like, it's very kind of, it changes a lot according to what he does and what propaganda tells about. So before the coup, okay. Before this attempt, uh, Prigozhin was like the second most approved person after Putin in the whole country uh, wow. because of his kind of recent outings as, you know, like he, he criticized the Ministry of Defense for not being, you know, horrible enough to Ukrainians and stuff like it's kind of like we need to war. We need to put everybody we need to uh, make a, a draft and, you know, draft a million people and then kind of crush everybody. And he was like doing that. Uh, he's like he was trying to present himself as like a better patriot than they are uh, and then, then people kind of like i mean according to whatever statistics there is you know like he was actually becoming pretty popular um by kind of ironically he did pretty much the same as navalny did he said they're all thieves and that's why we can't win the war yeah so <laughs> uh, but after after this attempt obviously they kind of tried to move it the other way they said okay you know, this you know we found this uh, they um, uh, they did a search uh, the police did a search of his like offices of his like the, his house and they're like oh look we found like fake passports we found like lots of cash we found like a, a box but like big bags of cocaine and like, yeah, because I like judging because okay. I, I looked at the big pictures and when whenever Russian police raids somebody or like FSB, when they raid somebody's house, they always find the same, 
<laughs> bags of sure. cocaine. Yeah, like yeah, I think yeah, they yeah, just yeah. kind of they just move it. Imagine from one not al- are you not allowed to be do cocaine when you're a mercenary? I feel like you need energy. You need. Yeah, I mean, you're not allowed you to be a mercenary. So if you're already a mercenary, you can do whatever the hell you want to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but the thing is like. I think it's like uh, their way of legalizing this cocaine. They like put it there, and they're like, "We're confiscating that now." Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. And, you and of know, course, he's know. got lots of passports. He's like a shady. I mean, I mean, I can imagine he's well, Kaplan. Yeah. I think the point is that most of that it does it didn't exist. They just yeah. they right. falsified all that stuff. I understood. No, I mean, the fake passports were pretty much pretty much it was his. But I, I think the, the whole the, the, it just was funny to me because when you follow that kind of you know whatever the FSB does, they always find the same size kind of bags of cocaine. <laughs> FSB starter. Camp, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, they yeah. Don't even know. No, but in general, they they did that, and then they tried to pose him as you know, like uh, somebody who's uh, being kind of you know mad and crazy and you know unstable and a drug addict, and and then so people would think worse of him because of that. Um, yeah. So so Putin made this deal with him that uh, Lukashenko, the president slash dictator of Belarus. Um, uh, kind of broker is that what happened he kind of he, yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah sorry can i can i go back a bit because like i didn't answer i did sure. i didn't i didn't answer one of the questions and i think it's important because no. when you said that prigozhin wants to take over to wanted to take over the country and um because what happened after 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 it all was resolved like about 10 15 high ranking military men in russia uh, they were put under like like house arrest or like kind of restrained somehow because it was believed uh, that they were somehow uh, you know involved in this. So it was like on one hand it, they tried to pose it now as like it was some sort of just like a, a blip, you just one person going crazy. But in fact, it seems like uh, there was some backup to that. So it wasn't like a case of like a crazy guy who wants to take over Kremlin. It was like ten crazy guys who, who wants to take over Kremlin. So you know, um, so it's a real threat. Yeah, there was no I resistance, mean, right? Apparently, yeah. yeah. But they try to downplay it now because they want don't, they want don't want to show it as a real threat. They want to, they want to preserve the opinion that you know the the vertical of power is strong and you know it was just well, like and a, the other thing um, is well a couple things seemed curious to me. One was that they were just driving. I remember that day. They yeah. were driving through the country. They're like, right now, they're eight hours from Moscow. And then yeah. the next hour, seven hours, six, five, four, three, two. There was no resistance at any point. Yeah. And then they're like, well, they barricaded Moscow, but there were no <laughs> troops. All that meant, at least from the pictures I saw, was they had garbage trucks kind of lining the uh, the highways. So the cars couldn't drive. There were barricades on the highways. But it all the military, I think, is in Ukraine. So there was no one defending home base. Yeah, and yeah. that was one that seemed interesting that they could just drive through the country so easily. And then the second, which Kaplan pointed out, uh, is that they that Putin fled Moscow. Putin wasn't in Moscow anymore. He was, right? He, I mean, he yeah, his plane, his plane took uh, like the the plane which has all the controls for you know the military and stuff. That uh, I mean, the, the, both of his planes actually. So the Putin, uh, so Putin and his body double, they both left. And so and <laughs> the guy with the weird hair. Yeah. yeah. And so, so basically, they, take yeah, his body double. At least, like they say they didn't leave, but because of the plane, the plane left. The pl- both planes left, and then they went off the radar, turned off the everything. So it to 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 anybody, it would seem like he left. Yes. Listen, and here's also- one thing you can say. I don't want to compare the two, but Mike Pence never left the Capitol building <laughs> on January six. Did Mike Pence have a body double? He should have got one. Should have thrown a body double. I think Mike Pence is Mike Pence is a body double. That's his job. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Why did Putin's body double stay? Then he could have pretended he. uh, I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) What good? uh, What kind of dictator are you? If your body double, you let him leave town. I know it's too nice. Showing the whole point of the body double is to get shot. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it goes find another one. Um, but the point the is, like, I, I think what you said about the defense is like, it's not like it's not strictly true. Like, again, it's kind of it's the kind of the extreme picture for them. Like, it's just kind of easier to blow up on the media and stuff. But okay. actually, there were I mean, obviously, most of the forces are in Ukraine, but uh, um, there were some lines of defenses close to Moscow, which would be pretty hard for them to actually to go through. Okay. Um, so there okay. were like bridges that could be blown up and they were actually, I mean, a few, you know, 20, 30,000 troops, you know. So that, that's not like, and especially since the group was, there were two groups. 
uh, of Wagner that one uh, took over Rostov, which is the military center of the military operation for the war. And that's where Prigozhin himself was. And then he never actually drove to Moscow himself. So, and there was a, a different guy who was like a military, um, let's say, a military commander of the Wagner group, like an actual military man. This, uh, this guy who was like a extreme Nazi, like literally like a swastika tattoos all over oh, his wow. body and stuff. Is he the one who names the Wagner group? The yeah, Wagner yeah. Group? His his name, his <laughs> his sort of code name is Wagner, and that's kind yeah. of he's been kind of his create his uh, organized this whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. that wait? Can I ask a question because I I don't know the history of this. So someone Wagner was hit Hitler's favorite composer, and I'm that's just saying. He, yeah, 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 yeah. Is that really after it? that? I, no, uh, no. He named it because the guy who was the who is the commander of that. Uh, of of the Wagner group, uh, he, yeah. he he he's uh, he chose the like a code name, like a you know in the uh, army there's that you have to code name code name code yeah. name Wagner. He, but he chose it because he's a Nazi. And so this guy is saying, you know, we're going to go and battle all Kaplan, these Nazis in Ukraine. So because Kaplan kind of... was texting me that day when I was on the cruise ship and he was saying, oh, glory to God. This is so great. That the Wagner group's taking over Russia. He was rooting for Nazis. I, no, I do not say. I don't say glory to God. This does sound like something I would. You said write. Jehovah in the highest. Go tell it on I the should. mountain, over the hills and everywhere that uh, that the Wagner group. So you were rooting for Nazis. I mean, he's a great. I can separate the musician, the art, from the, <laughs> the artist. Art from from the, the artist. <laughs> yes. Can you can you separate can you separate the musician from the Nazi who took a code name? <laughs> took his name as a the code coup name? from the coolest. The coup from the coolest. If he's a Nazi, are <laughs> you taking out Putin? I don't know. What are we supposed to root for here? Uh, we're, yeah, so well, that, but that goes back to my question. I know I've asked it again like four times, but. I mean, I've asked it for the fourth time, but so who were the good guys in this? Mm. There were no, no good there's guys. no good guys. There's no I mean, good guys. Yeah. This is real life. Good guys are in Berlin. So, you know. yeah, <laughs> like, you. like who would have thought that you would say this? The good guys are in Berlin. Wagner's rolling over in his grave hearing that. But yeah, <laughs> yeah like exactly. <laughs> All right, I think it's time to take a break, guys. Uh, we will take a break. We have so many more questions. Um, but uh, so so uh, hang on with us. We're part of the world's smartest podcast network, Kaplan. But before we get to our regular sponsors, we forgot to promote. I know I was going to bring this up in the break. The show you're doing. Coming <laughs> yes, up. Go ahead. we I've roped you in. We're doing a, a comp. My real estate team are doing a, a comedy show called Comedy for a Cause to raise real money. estate comedy. A real real estate. Nothing will be funnier than real estate people. Let me tell you. Yes. So we're doing we're putting on a comedy show here in Long Island City for all of our New York listeners to support the Dementia Society of America. Um, it's going to be July 27th. Also, Thursday that's night. actually also a group of comedians. <laughs> yes, they're hilarious. Dementia Society of America. <laughs> Funny people, people. I perform with them every night. Yeah, we're going to have raffles. We're going to have drink specials. It's going to be a fun time. I've got a big an announcement. We've got a great comedian performing that night. His name is Turner Sparks. Hey! <laughs> that's our first a, comedian we're announcing. What a get. Well, you also got another one, right? We got another one. We got Gus Tate. The great Gus know. Tate. The great Gus Tate. America loves Gus Tate. Tell the people where it is. It's at a place called Game House in Long Island City, and there's a website you could to buy tickets. To get Long Island City is a suburb of New York City. <laughs> it's a part of New York City. Part of New York City. It's part of one New York stop City. in for Manhattan. So for all of our New York City listeners, you can find it. It's one Comedy stop out of Manhattan. Out of Manhattan. One of the, we say in. <laughs> Queens is the center of the universe where oh, I come from. Oh, excuse me, excuse me. <laughs> but, You're uh, the in, they're the out. Exactly. Comedyforacause.nyc is the website you go to to buy tickets. And, How much are uh, tickets? Tickets are twenty dollars, and all proceeds go to the Dementia Society of America. And there's no no two drink minimum. In fact, we're going to have some free drink tickets for the first uh, first hundred guests. Let's say that. Hundred guests. <laughs> Whoa, we're getting, this is going to be a big event. <laughs> so you'll get. So a, it is at the Game House. H-A-U-S. H A U S in Long Island City, Long Island New York. City, New York. And please give the people the date and time. Oh, you're real pro. July 27th at 7 p.m. <laughs> Thursday, July 27th in two Say weeks. It one more time. I was laughing over that. <laughs> July 27th, not, uh, 7 p.m. Game House, Long Island City. Comedy for a cause. NYC. 7 p.m. Eastern. We should say. East. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I'm very New York centric. I don't. Well, I mean, I think the people will be, be there. They are going to be in New York, though. So they'll, they'll be going with their local time if they want to come. This isn't on so. Zoom. They can't watch this. I'm no, we will not be tell- putting this on Zoom. So 
and so I will perform in some capacity. We haven't decided what yet. But Kaplan will... will be doing stand up. That's the headline. So it's going to be Kaplan. It's going to be me, Gus Tate, and a unannou- couple other unannounced. Unannounced. Comedians. Next episode, we'll announce some more comedians. So, and we are part of the world's smartest podcast network. That is us, Lost in America. That is the Majoring in Everything podcast with Dr. Andrea Jones Roy, who's recently left ac- academia. She's quit her job at NYU. She's retired. Are you still a doctor? Or do they take it away from her? Well, yeah, I don't think she got a doctorate. She went to the University of Michigan for a doctorate. Okay. So they can't, they have no jurisdiction over her okay, to take good, away good. her doctorate. She's a full-time pundit now. She's going to be oh, like one of those people blowhard. who goes on Joe Rogan and talks about <laughs> like how cancel culture is bad. Jordan and, Peterson type. Yeah, Jordan Peterson. Yeah. She's, she's going to be a millionaire. She like should two tour weeks. with Jordan Peterson to bait him or something. That'd be great. Yeah. No, but you have to be on his side to make money. No, to beat him. I said debate. Oh. Yeah. Anyway. Dr. Agree with each other. Anyway, Andrew, Dr. Dr. Andrew Jones Roy, majoring in everything and the uh, political orphanage with Professor Andrew Heaton, which is um, a a great show. That's the flagship show of our channel, plus us. And uh, that uh, uh, I think, uh, did I get it all, Kaplan? It's been a while. We've been off. Worldsmartestpodcast.com. So. No, world's worldsmartestpodcastnetwork.com. It's been a while. Now. A word from your local sponsor. We told you about Gaia Provides a couple months ago. Gaia Provides is back. They are a holistic small batch company crafting quality lab-tested, hemp-based health and wellness products for pets. Kaplan, you've been giving it to Pancakes, Kaplan. Pancakes the dog over the last (laughs) few months. How's she doing? Yeah, she loves these. Uh, I give her the beef liver flavor, the ones for small dogs. Um, And I give her a half a treat in the morning half a treat at night and she loves them they're delicious she always barks for them uh she's a she's a you know my dog's a little dog she's a mental patient i like to say she's a lovable mental patient so she's always she's always uh stressed out neurotic just like me about something but these these make her chill they calm her down uh she does obviously you know she's in a wheelchair she has a lot of uh discomfort uh naturally and these definitely help. Uh, I definitely see, a, you know, she has a high quality of life because of uh, we take good care of her over here. And these are a key part of our daily routine. So we love Gaia Provides over here in the Kaplan household. And all these products, Cap, are THC free. They do not have THC, which makes them safe for your pets. And I know Pancakes is always scared of all those fireworks you have in Long Island City, Queens, right there on the East River. They're shooting them off all the time. How's she doing with the fireworks once she yeah. takes this guy it provides? Yeah, when I used to be, I used to dread fireworks. I used to dread loud noises and thunderstorms. Um, but now I just enjoy them because when I give them to Pancakes, this makes it, like I said earlier, it makes her calm, makes her cool, makes her collected, makes her just sit there and enjoy life. So these- Look at that. Uh, I love they you have can enjoy drops. fireworks again. You can enjoy America again. You can enjoy <laughs> freedom again with Gaia provides everybody check out Gaia provides and use our promo code lost L O S T for a great deal. That is www.gaiaprovides.com. And, and then just so you know, they also have on top of the treats, they have these little drops you could put in the food. So if you, you know, if you want to, you can get if they don't like the treat for whatever reason, these drops are also delicious. So guy provides. All right, we're back. Thank you, sponsors, for sticking with us on our summer vacation. Thank you for sticking with us. And uh, also, everybody, pause the podcast right now. Go to turnersparks.com. Buy my album, the vinyl record, and I'll send a digital download card with it to you, and I will sign it. So do that. Uh, all right, now. Um, Oh, like back to the show. Let's see. So (laughs) I wanted to ask about the town, the town, the first town they took over this. uh, Is it called Oblast or? No, no. It's called Rostov. Voronez Oblast. No, Oblast is like region because like it's a Russian for region. So it's kind of like uh, Oblast is the what's what's around the town. So so Rostov is the first town and then Voronezh is the second town. And why was it so important? They took that over because that's the headquarters of the Russian military. Is that right? No, I mean, uh, Rostov is important just because, uh, well, it's, uh, it's, um, it's, it's not the headquarters of the military, but it's the headquarters for the war operation. Um, so, it. yeah. This that, special operation. Well, whatever it is. Yeah. Like, I can say whatever <laughs> I want. War, 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 war. I'm in Germany. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
so yeah, uh, thing is, yeah, but but and it was it was a there was a like a really you know crazy video that he made soon after then they took over Rostov and he's like sitting uh uh like in the headquarters of the military with all and all the Wagner guys like with with guns are there and Brigozhin is sitting with two uh high-ranking military officers one of them is like a like a deputy deputy minister of defense or something like this and the other is like one of the high-ranking generals of the you know one of the war commanders and he's literally just going like you pieces of shit and they're like are you sure we should be speaking like this? You know? Really? <laughs> so he's yeah, 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 yeah. And he's like, he's like, I'm saving Russia, and they're like, Are you sure you're doing the right thing? He's like, I am fucking sure, you know. And it's like, it was it was such a such a such an interesting interaction. And <laughs> he how- basically he took them like he did, he never said that I'm taking prisoner. He said no, no, I'm not. I'm I'm not kind of disrupting the operation for the war. You know, I'm not doing anything like that. But it looked like he took them prisoners. And those are people with like, you know, very high clearances in terms of kind of, you know, government secrets and whatever they are. Wow. Um, so, yeah, it was it was it was a bit crazy. And that's when kind of people realized that it was being serious. Um, and so at some point he and Putin negotiate with yeah, through, well, through Lukashenko, the dictator of Belarus. And I have a question on Lukashenko before we get into that. If Lukashenko, Lukashenko to us seems to be a puppet of Putin. He seems to be only in power currently because they tried to overthrow him a couple of years ago. Right. And I, the Belarusians right. did. And I think they would have been successful if not for Putin sending in the Russian military to prop up Lukashenko. So if Putin was to have got taken over a couple of weeks ago and been out of power, would Lukashenko fall immediately as well? Uh, well, first of all, this kind of brokering the deal for Lukashenko, I, I like. I'm pretty sure that's bullshit. Like it's, it was just you know, fake because Putin, Putin didn't want to be there in person, right? Is yeah, because like yeah. Putin has this kind of like a long-standing tradition. Like he's not like uh, when he uh, like like a few traditions actually, a lot of kind of like super superstitions that he the has. man loves tradition. Say that. Yeah, Say yeah, what you yeah. want about it. <laughs> Say and what he's, you want. Um, um, yeah, uh, he has three families. He's a very big traditionalist. So, you know, Does he? That's why the conservatives <laughs> in America love him so much. He's got three yeah, families. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like our old president did. The family man. Yeah. Has he been married three times? Well, he's not not officially. He officially has been married one time, but also he okay. has like a, 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 you know, a mistress and another mistress. And, and he's got so, kids with the mistresses? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. What, what is he doing? That's that's This is incompetent <laughs> leadership. You don't get kids with your mistresses. Of course not. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, that's the he's he's doing the mistressing as well as he's doing the war. So, you know, I guess exactly. <laughs> uh, so yeah. anyway, he's um, uh, he has this kind of a few kind of superstitions and that when he was doing an address, like addressing the nation about the whole kind of coup situation, he said like he never named Prigozhin by the name, even though before that he did that, you know, before that he was like, oh, yeah, Prigozhin, that Prigozhin, that was like he was an ally. Mm. And then he does he does the same as with Navalny. He never says the name Navalny, mm. and he never says he never said the name the name Prigozhin. He says like uh, uh, with there this man, and you know, like this. he does the Bill Clinton. I did not have sex with that coup attempt with that, guy. With that, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> exactly. So and then it would show it would elevate him too much if he mentioned it by name. Yeah, exactly. So he has this superstition. And another thing is that he doesn't like from the beginning of his rule, like the Beslan school school shootings and stuff. Like he's uh, he has this tradition that like he like like I'm a strong leader. I don't negotiate with the you know like terrorist or whoever is kind of yeah like or we say the same thing. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. So the idea was probably that. Uh, you know, uh, and Prigozhin was kind of also like the idea was that if anybody from the Russian officials uh, would have brokered the deal, that would give him more authority ah. because um, and then Putin wouldn't, wouldn't want to share this authority with anybody from the Russian, you know, uh, from, from from the Russian elite. So right. they just kind of they brokered the deal somehow. And then they said that like, Lukashenko did like helped us out. But because Lukashenko is technically technically a leader of a different country, uh, so it was kind of you know it, it it was appropriate for Putin to to do that. But when Lukashenko was literally had this kind of a long press conference when he was like uh, uh, telling the story, and it was like he literally like forgot what he said a minute ago, 
Like it's like the story like <laughs> didn't make sense straight. at all. And it was like it, it was literally like something like you know like a, a, a like two girlfriends are talking on the phone and then, and then I I wanted to call to call him but he wouldn't pick up and then uh, <laughs> you know, like because Putin wanted to call Prigozhin he didn't pick up and then Prigozhin wanted to call Putin he didn't pick up and then I and then I asked Putin for Prigozhin's phone number and like literally that's I said. called from no caller ID and I and he yeah, picked yeah, up yeah, by yeah, accident yeah, yeah. and I had yeah, him. yeah yeah it's it was like a story like that I think most of it he just made up as he went along. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't really make sense. So it's clear that he didn't really have a big role. Yeah, in Lukashenko this. would lie like that. You know well, what? I, I mean, think... they had he had to because he, they just said, I mean, we'll I think that's... we've stumbled onto a business idea. What about improv training for dictators? Could we do that? <laughs> we could yeah. run that course. Yes. We could probably charge like 10 grand an hour or more <laughs> to teach them how to how to think on the fly yeah you give them a little improv training they can think on their feet yes and the situation you know yeah but the problem yeah. the problem with dictators is that they normally don't need that that because all the everything they do is pre-recorded like the, the dictators oh, they almost point. never had a have a live it's a, they're writers by heart dictators they like yeah. well no but a lot of these dictators you get them in front of like a, a four you know they they might do a meeting with it with mm. biden or whoever yeah. or trump or pick your president and then afterwards, the U.S. media, they get to do a joint press conference. And the dictators are always terrible at that because they're not used to ask answering real questions. Yeah. They don't yeah. So they just stonewall. They don't they, ne- they just don't right, answer because in all. their country. No one asks real questions. So, yeah, where our leaders learn how to bullshit their way through it. They don't give real answers, but they yeah. will say words. The words yeah. don't mean anything, <laughs> but they'll say them. These dictators need so- training on just saying words. <laughs> Yeah, I is think this I a think bad idea? Closer. <laughs> it's a billion dollar idea. No, it's a good idea. We don't need to travel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think dictators are just by their nature, they're not like improv comedians. They're like, they're like, they they learn, they like they like Mitch Hedberg or something. Like they don't like right. they learn the words. And yeah. then like just, Hitler had great same... material, but he didn't know to improv. He, that was his weakness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Hitler, and all the Hitler actually did improv. He did yeah. Did he? Well, that explains it. He was a little more he was more successful than those psycho improv artists. Um, yeah, you know, the only, I feel like the best, the, the, the era of the dictator who was also, uh, verbose is it's over. Like Castro was a great yeah. bullshitter. He could talk for hours and hours and hours, but he's gone. These new dictators just have no, they can't think on their feet. Anyway, Even the dictators are getting worse. Like what kind of a world is this? They really I mean, are. They're not like, they don't make them like they used to. These millennial yeah. dictators. <laughs> well, Putin's not millennial. But <laughs> exactly. What, so was people not, to back to uh, when the, like friends of yours who are in Moscow, uh, who are family, were they, were they at all concerned that this was going to like turn, like I said, like a fight in the street or did people... They assumed it was going to be stopped. How serious did they take? Yeah, how serious do you think? Uh, they- I mean, most people who are like, you know, like uh, only uh, apparently the rich people took it very seriously. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, and like the oligarchs, sure. and, you know, like everybody, like because Medvedev was like the former president and like a mm-hmm. prime minister. Uh, he his his private jet flew to Oman during this. Uh, which is weird. Uh, like not even to Russia, not even to like Saint Petersburg or something. So Interesting. yeah, uh, we just like all right, I'll, I'm fucking off. And then uh, uh, like uh, uh, the, and people were like the the researchers were kind of counting the the private jets of like oligarchs who were like flying out. The of rest the of them country. all flew to Marlon. Yeah, yeah. They, they, no, they they all were flying out. Like a lot of people from the government, from you know the billionaires and stuff. Like they, uh, the thing is like they took it a lot more serious than regular people because regular people are like you know like my family isn't rich they're they're like well you know what are they going to take from us you know yeah they exactly. really did what do you have to take lose? everything from us yeah 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 yeah. so just stay um, inside just be safe yeah. so do you but do you think lukashenko w- would have gone to, will he go down when putin goes down i guess is my question I mean, not at the same time, but I, I'm pretty sure, and you know, within within a reasonable kind of. Time. Or he'll yeah, try yeah. to broker a deal with whoever the new person is that takes over. The new Russia. guy, he'll get. He's a good kiss ass. He's like a. <laughs> I mean, he <laughs> might. Like he might. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He might because, like, I. But I think that's because uh, one of the original kind of questions and kind of the original concerns was this: like, if let's say Prigozhin or somebody else takes over, you know, takes over Russia, will he be worse than Putin? I don't yeah. like. That I think well, like most, like not just my opinion, but like most of the kind of real kind of independent experts' opinion is that like whoever comes after Putin, like he will stop the war and he will try to bring uh, the economy back. And d- even if he's the same sort of asshole as Putin, like it's like uh, just from political point of view, like everybody in Russia, everybody in the Russian elite understands that Putin 
like he he's going down in history as like the worst leader in the history of this country. Like everybody understands. So everything Even if will you be blamed. The war, yeah, 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 yeah. This has yeah. become a mess. Yeah, yeah. And so it's completely a hundred percent clear to everybody. And the higher the person in power, the the better they understand it. And so they understand that now, like whoever, like if whoever replaces Putin by any means, uh, blames everything bad on him, sure. uh, sends him down. Uh, and then you stop the war, you try to reverse the sanctions, you bring the economy back, you bring, you know, like people could, will be able to, you know, use credit cards and go on holiday again. And you're going to be the hero for, you know, like not doing anything. We're just bringing you know, life back to how yeah. it was a couple of years yeah, ago. Yeah, 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 just yeah. Allow McDonald's back in. And stuff. Yeah. Like people it, it almost sounds like an easy job for the next person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except for the disaster. I mean, you're taking over a war-torn country, but but also, but the war wasn't fought on your land. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, it seems like a, maybe not easy, but simple. And there's going to be this kind of hardcore group of people who are like super for the war. They are kind of, they want to kind of, wanted to go on forever and uh, Prigozhin was kind of was pandering to that group uh, but he wasn't actually I don't think he actually believes that himself he's just a very very sneaky guy in general but he's, he's created like... he's created the troll factory that you know that you know influenced the American elections and you know oh and, he was know, the guy him? who he yeah, was, yeah, that's yeah, his yeah, work yeah. that was him so he's a really versatile guy he's a mercenary yeah. he's a yeah. caterer yeah. he's no, a killer he's... Yeah. And he creates troll factories. He can do it all. No, but he's literally his his life life is kind of fascinating. I mean, um, he, he because for like for ten years, uh, like when he was young, he he spent ten years in prison for because he he was at eighteen he was a gang leader, uh, okay. like kind of robbing the you know apartments and you know just in general kind of just right. doing, doing crime in gang, St. Petersburg. Yeah. And then he came, like he he went out of prison already in the, in Russia in Russia. Like he he went to prison in the Soviet Union. He got released already in Russia. He started like a little stall, like um, uh, selling some food food stalls, and he expanded like a little network in St. Petersburg. And then some kind of higher ranking kind of businessman slash criminal businessman they kind of took him under their wings and they said and they gave him kind of investment to open like a couple of restaurants and then one of those restaurants became popular among the politicians like the mayor of st petersburg and putin who was the deputy of the mayor of st petersburg and from that kind of and then as far as you know like story goes it was literally he was like whenever putin or anybody was there he was just kind of being very nice to them and kind of just kind of being very personal to them and he was like he kind of sometimes would kind of make suggestions and then that's how the the troll factory started get the little hot dogs because one of the one of the guys from i don't remember who what was his post at the same time but one of the top united russia guys uh, he was kind of complaining at some sort of a gathering he said oh we were we are trying to uh, do propaganda for young people and we're paying bloggers uh, but this this these assholes these bloggers they lie to us because they show us fake numbers and then prigozhin mm. said i could do it better and they're like this guy is talking sense you know like, <laughs> literally wow. he was just like kind of so kind of friendly to them he's like oh, actually, this feels I can like do it a, it's like the american dream really i was gonna I mean, say this is this. <laughs> great like a new version of a mob movie yeah, he starts it's, off in jail. He gets of out. All of the beats of Works every like Italian American mafia. Pretty movie. much, pretty much. It's like it's yeah. like once upon yeah. a time in the 1990s yeah. criminal St. Petersburg. So should we write this? No, I guarantee nobody's buying the story to Prigozhin's life rights right now. We could be the guys. We should buy it. Actually, I think that somebody we'll might. Like you yeah. in? We're gonna need you as well. <laughs> Who do you buy his life rights from? You contact his agent. You go to Lukashenko directly. <laughs> Negotiate through him. Do you think he has CAA representation? Or, or I mean, he's, he, well, it's a writer's strike, and he's not going to be a scab progression, so he's not going to sell to us yeah. now. But. It's an amazing, that yeah, is an yeah, amazing it's, it's, story. It really looks like that. Yeah, it looks like that. It's just like he's he's always been a criminal and a very sort of unstable person in general because they kind of also, you know, he was always kind of violent. And he when he, especially when they started the Wagner Group, which is, it also started kind of the same way. It's kind of like, oh, we need somebody at some gathering said, oh, we actually would would want some sort of a military group which didn't kind of operate it by the international laws sure. or the Russian laws by that, you know. Uh, and he was like, I could do that. <laughs> They're like, I so mean, he, he had no background thing, so. in military. Before. Oh, no, no, of course not. 
but that's how, but he hired this uh, uh, Wagner, the, this guy, the Nazi guy. And he was apparently quite a talented organizer of such stuff. But also it was all operating on, you know, like fear and violence. Uh, I mean, money, obviously, but also fear and violence. Like, for example, like the inner law, like the inner laws, the inner kind of, um, you know, regulations were like, like kind of just super crazy. Like if you say something, if you talk to the press, they like you get killed. If you do that, you get killed, like literally. So everybody was kind of in constant fear there. So um but in in the end it proved to be like a you know more or less effective force you know so he he's not a guy without talent i would say yeah (laughs) and were they really taking prisoners out of prison to be in their military oh yeah 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 yeah. we read i mean now i think that's one of the first functions that the ministry of defense took over from them so they said you can't do that but we will do it now but we'll take those prisoners yeah, because well, yeah. last time we spoke to, you, I think they were drafting like six. They raised the age to what sixty five or something for fighters in Russia. They were desperate for. for so well, much I better. don't remember. Maybe not sixty five, but at uh, one point yeah. they were desperate for new fighters. So it's much better to get guys out of prison. I mean, these guys are. Yeah, what do they have better. to lose? They're much better yeah, fighters. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure they know it. Uh, what? So would you? What would it take for you to move back? Because you left Russia at the very beginning of this war. You were like, yeah. I'm out of here. You moved to Germany. Would you move back if uh, Putin's out or what? What? Yeah. Where are you with that? Well, I mean, I would definitely be going back more often for, you know, like just to see, you know, people just to see family to, you know, to do work possibly as well. Because like now it's even very hard to do the work uh, like because because of the financial systems that don't really work together. So I wouldn't, you know, I can't do even work normally for a, a Russian like client if I, you know. Like I need to write something. Because they can't send you money. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, yes. so you know, so that's why I'm, I'm, and all of the people who moved uh, like during the war, they're in the position like we're either we're here or we're there, and that's like right. a big problem because there it's not very, you know, it's not that safe. Um, uh, and here also you kind of lose a lot of contact with um, you know working contacts and relatives. You start over. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if I would move back like immediately, uh, but I would definitely be more, you know, flexible, uh, you know, because I don't like I like Moscow. It's it's a great place. So as as one of my friends said, Moscow is a great place, unfortunately, in a terrible country. So yeah. it's kind of, uh, you owned yeah. a comedy club in Moscow. But uh, when you moved to Germany, did you have to start over financially? Did you come with zero money? Yeah, more or less. I mean, not not zero money because I did this TV show that, uh, but I didn't have any access to my kind of money in Russia for like, then I would, I managed to actually uh, use cryptocurrency to kind of move it here. Uh, Oh, yeah. Because you can buy crypto with Russian currency and you can sell crypto for, you know, euros or dollars or so. Interesting. Uh, Yeah. yeah. So that's... uh, uh, real life use of cryptocurrency. There. Wow! <laughs> we went to edit our TV show to add that to the. Oh, that's a great idea! I never thought of that. I might have, I I might have money in other countries that oh. can move around. So that's <laughs> Put it. brilliant. I've been trying to figure out how to do it. I never even thought of crypto. Oh yeah, yeah. it's actually not, it's not so difficult. Yeah. Which um, one did you use? What's the most? Uh, which crypto company? Dogecoin, right? No. Dogecoin. No, I mean, uh, I just use like. Um, well, it's uh, like, um, what's it called? Crypto.com and like KuCoin. And I use several oh, yeah. ones because they're legit. Matt yeah, David. because uh, it's like many of them, like there's still a big problem with any financial system. If you have a Russian passport, like many banks wouldn't work with you. Many kind of, you know, even crypto, uh, what's it called? The crypto exchanges, they wouldn't work with you. So it's, yeah. so I had, I have to use like a complicated kind of chain of things but um but if i mean if you don't have a russian passport then it's going to be easier so yeah um and uh how's it going with your your club i know you started a comedy club in berlin which is amazing to me you got there and just immediately started a new comedy oh yeah it's going it's going really well i mean it's not like a club because like in russia when we say we have a club like it means like it's a dedicated sort of venue which has like every day shows and stuff yeah but i know that in like in america in britain like a comedy club is like can be a weekend club it can be just friday saturday uh they still call it a club but here yeah here i have now four shows a week um, and it's going going really good. So yeah, and it's like in the back of a bar or something. Or the side yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a bar yeah. which has like a separate kind of room for shows and stuff. So yeah, 
Fantastic. And these yeah, are German. Do you speak German? Oh, I mean, not not enough, not well enough to actually. So do you do the comedy yeah. in English then, or yeah, 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 only yeah, in English. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I did this. I did when I did this comedy show. I don't know. I think we spoke uh, when like around the same time when I was I was in in Britain. I was I already did this comedy show. I think yeah. there, and I did this comedy show in German, and I was in the sketches there in German, uh, and. Uh, Everybody assumed that I speak perfect German because of what I was reading from the teleprompter. Reading the cue cards. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> And I was like, hmm, your German is really good. <laughs> no. <laughs> In Berlin, think... it's impossible to learn as well because everybody speaks English to you. It's like, ah, they yeah. see you're a foreigner and they're like, oh, it's going to be easier. And then like, I want to practice. Why? Yeah. That was why I didn't live in when I moved to China. I didn't want to live in Shanghai because yeah. everyone there speaks English. I was like, I need to find a different city where no one, less people speak English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do so is Putin now seen like? Do you think there'll be more challengers now that because because essentially that, yeah, it's happened? This Wagner group tried to take over the country. It didn't happen, but they didn't really get punished at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think like the definite kind of outcome, which is uh, like. By all accounts, a positive outcome is that people see now that, you know, the elites, the Russian elites, anybody potential kind of somebody who would potentially do it better. They see, you know, all the vulnerabilities that there are, you know, like not enough troops, uh, not like people don't really like that the, the, um, uh, the Russian people actually don't support. But they don't give a shit about Putin. They don't like they would rather even have a new face there than him. And so, and the, and you know, the, the planes, the private jets of the elite are just kind of flying out of Moscow. So, you know, it like off, it's yeah. nobody, nobody would defend Putin. And Putin proved it himself because he flew away because he's yeah. like, I'm he not his body gonna... double. Yeah, 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 yeah. And some, some even say, end? some even say that, uh, I mean, like, I, I'm not even sure on what source this based, uh, but that he took Mishustin, which is a prime minister. Uh, he took it. He Putin took him took him with you know on the same plane uh, because wow. uh, in Russia because we don't have Mike Pence or anybody like this. No vice president. <laughs> yeah, no, no vice, vice president. Putin. So in case something happens with the president, a prime minister takes over until the next election, uh, and so they he took the prime minister with him. Uh, because uh, he was afraid that, you know, if they take over Moscow and then they can just in install him as, you know, like a, a more or less legitimate, you know, front for this. So he's like, we're going out together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and what about the intelligence? Like, is there a talk? It seems like an intelligence failure, right? Like nobody mm. saw this coming. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah, that, yeah, pretty much. So, I mean, that, I mean, yeah, like, that uh, well for future. I think the, the American intelligence said that they had it kind of that they knew that it was <laughs> this is going to happen. The Americans knew we didn't. We didn't share that information. Never, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Who's third in command? What it shows, it is definitely like a you know a system is not nearly as strong as some people suspected it was. Now it's 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 clear to everybody. So yeah, I mean overall the, the fact that it didn't work, it might be much more positive than the if if it worked because it's a very chaotic force. To actually, is, you know, you to, didn't want a coup succeeding maybe with this, this, yeah, group, yeah, yeah, another yeah. future group. Now yeah. Know, but, but now it seems that kind of like any, if it's going to be a more intelligent group uh, of people who actually know how power works and stuff, like somebody from, from the inside, um, then they understand much more about how to do it right now. So, yeah. Know. And hopefully not Nazis. No, hopefully not. Not, hopefully like, not named after Nazis. <laughs> ideally, I mean, you know, don't <laughs> let the good be the enemy of great. But ideally, yeah. no Nazis. I mean, Sometimes. ideally, I would say this because, like, there is a you know, Nazis is not like is is not a, a, a like a group which is uh, indistinguishable from each other, right? Like, at least yeah. they could be Nazis, but not like with swastika on their forehead, like not yeah. this sort of Nazis, like just kind of normal law-abiding nazis would yeah be like better. right leaning fine no problem. yeah 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 so well, at least the war would end because i thought the whole point of the war was to get rid of the nazis in ukraine so yeah i mean oh yeah most of that, it? <laughs> that would end the war Zelensky, the nazi night. meanwhile like the lead the leader of the military <laughs> literally has swastikas on his chest yeah yeah yeah, yeah. geez uh all right so, go ahead cap yeah no i was gonna say in the war i mean i i can't imagine it do people do how do people feel about like the outcome? Is it just feel like it's going to go on forever to people? Because I feel I wouldn't be, if I were Ukraine, I'm emboldened by this this mil this intelligence failure in Russia. Yeah. So it's got to of course give you to fight. I don't know. I don't see resolution. 
Yeah, but in Russia, people want to like they they want this to to end anyway. Like, I mean, I'm pretty sure, like you know, like the vast majority of people wanted to end as soon as possible. Like, if tomorrow it stopped, even people who like kind of kind of like kind of support Putin more than they don't support him, they would say, well, I guess, well, you know, at, at least it's ended, and you know, maybe we won something, and the propaganda would definitely try to pose it as we won something, right. and so there would be, and people already understand that, you know, like. I'm pretty sure like 90% of the country will be happy anyway when it stops. Like it's uh, without a question, really. Even now, with, if, even if they now support it, you know. And with Prigozhin, um, how long do you think he has to live? If you had to oh, yeah. gamble. Is he falling out of a window? Or is it a yeah, window well, or poison? Which one do we think? Will he be dead <laughs> within one year or six months or not dead at all? They have to kill him. Who well, has I mean, to kill him, right? I mean, ideally, ideally, yes. But as far as understood, because uh, um, one of the main, main functions of the Wagner Group uh, was the establishing this sort of um, sort of outposts in Africa, uh, which basically there's like huge bases uh, controlled by Russia in Africa uh, and some countries, and they influence the 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 you know the power dynamics there uh, with with the Wagner Group and stuff. Like and one, but one of the one of the functions of these uh, outposts is storage of criminally acquired funds. So uh, it's believed that there is like billions and billions of dollars there, and so Prigozhin was uh, you know there is a network of uh, Putin's let's say they're called Putin's wallets is the people who are like completely kind of they have seemingly no relation to him but they're holding the money which he can use and so Prigozhin is one of those people and oh, so yeah. uh if you kill him then you might lose this like he's like a he's like a real life crypto wallet like he, you can't really <laughs> lose password. he knows where it is he if didn't you, tell anyone where he put it where he hit it yeah i mean like, like a, but he knows that, some information about how to get to that money i guess or something like right. this so he's he's definitely if they wanted to kill him they would probably kill him they torture or, him to get the information uh, or but first? yeah like, i think he holds a lot of important information yeah there's a there's a ditch in damascus where i've buried two billion dollars pretty much yeah yeah, yeah. What a crazy if they kill life. him it's gonna be like there'll be this global uh treasure hunting will come back. yeah that's <laughs> the, ne the next indiana jones movie or something yes <laughs> search for the search for progrosian's riches mm -hmm. we've got two movies out this episode. three yeah and harrison ford is like 85 and he's like oh not again jesus <laughs> why <laughs> are <you> stole <laughs> <laughs> Search for Cur Curly's gold. Wasn't that City Slickers yes. too? Yeah. Is that Jack Palance guy is not still alive, is he? I don't think so. Oh my God. That would be fantastic. All right. We got a lot of movie ideas. Uh, oh my episode. God. Oleg, thanks so much, man. I'm out of I uh, Cap, I don't want to cut you off if you have more questions. But uh, no, this, no, this was an unbelievable episode. Thanks so much for doing it. Have a great time at the festival. If you have links um to where to get tickets, we can put them in the description of this episode. Yeah, of course. Yeah. How about that. Everybody go see Oleg at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. See our good friend uh Oleg Denisov. See Ollie Horn and Matt Goldich, the American comedian. He doesn't do our show because he's American, but he is yeah. a good friend of ours. <laughs> we don't have Americans on our show. No, we're the um, Americans around these parts. What do we care about them? But he's a great comedian. He'll be on he'll be over there too. All right, that's it. Uh Kaplan, what should we do? On that note, get lost. Get lost.